the real value, the real equity is the right working with the right teams, the right property managers, the right contractors for sure. And that includes your legal team, the right mortgage brokers. And uh, once you, you get a system down, you just rinse and repeat it. Welcome to the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through real estate. We'll be discussing the most important lessons or better known as the Golden Nuggets of Real Estate Investing, entrepreneurship, and personal finance with new and experienced investors to help you get into real estate investing or scale up your portfolio. So make sure to tune in. What's going on, everyone? It's Ross Nadai. I'm a real estate agent, an investor, and host of the Real Estate Golden Nuggets podcast. I have an amazing episode full of golden nuggets for you. If you like this podcast and have gotten any value out of it, please share this far and wide to reach as many people as possible. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment, like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so that you can stay up to date on the most recent episodes. Thank you so much for your support. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Golden Nuggets. I have my special guest here, Jared Henderson. He specializes in Peterborough. So I'm very excited to have somebody from the East End. I know we had a lot of folks from the South uh, Western Ontario, but uh, now it's time to speak with folks on the East End. So uh, Jared, for the folks that don't really know you, uh, please give us a little introduction about yourself. Hey, thanks, Ross. It's fun to be here and represent the East End. So when we're talking East End, we're going to even go further East to Montreal. So I'm born and raised in Montreal, started investing in 2012 in the Golden Horseshoe at, at, at the other end in, in Niagara Falls and wound <laughs> up in, in uh, Peterborough after experimenting in a few different markets where, uh, you know, I'm using Burr as the main, uh, the Burr process is my main strategy where I'm buying, renovating, uh, renting, and mm-hmm. then refinancing. And uh, just having a great time. And uh, a little bit about me. Yeah, born and raised here in Montreal. Uh, like I said, in, in, been investing for the last eight or nine years. I guess it's coming up onto a decade. Lightning is, <laughs> timing is moving at rapid speed these days. So oh, yeah. I can't I can't count. I'm just trying to uh, stay busy and have fun at the same time. You know, just keep my head down. I'm, um, you know pretty big runner these days because there's no gyms opening with COVID just now and just exercising and working. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. definitely. Um, perfect. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate, right? I know you mentioned you, you started 2012, but like what got you into that and what were you doing prior to investing? Yeah. So in 2012, I spoke to a friend of a friend who invest in Niagara Falls. And it sounded really appealing to me because they were able to to buy a condo and not have to find a tenant. At the very beginning, my biggest fear was, you know, buying a property and not being able to to fill it up with a a decent tenant. And um, this was a, a condominionization project, I think it's called, where you're converting a basically apartment building to condos. They're sectioning them off, selling them off to investors like myself. And it was managed by a property management company that basically just sends me a, a property statement every month, says, here's what you get, here's your mortgage, and takes care of everything for you. So that was fine to begin with. Like, you know, condos are an easy way of breaking into the market if the number was worked out. And uh, they did. But what stalled things was that I couldn't um, 
really add value to these condos. And so I, I really just had to wait uh, for natural turnover or forced. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a long waiting process from 2012 to 2016, where I eventually turned over the two condos and, and refinanced them to, uh, to dive a little further into, into different markets. Yeah. 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 So, so what attracted you was, I guess, was the, the, just the ease of maintenance, correct? Is that why you let, uh, into the condo investing in the first place? Yeah, there is a bit of the referral factor. There's trust of a friend's doing it. It's working. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, we, it might've been available, but I didn't have access to, you know, the social media support, all these meetups that we have these days, which is just fantastic resources for everyone and any new investor looking to break into the market, right? Yeah. It's free. Um, you know, investors can be competitive people, but that doesn't mean that we're not looking to help each other out. Um, yeah. Anytime someone reaches out to me, look, I wish I had someone like myself uh, 10 years ago, give me some guidance. It's, it, I, I would say, forget about the the condo, go straight into a, a place where it's a, it's a single family beat up home and, and add and buy it, add value to it and then refinance it. Um, it's not easy, but it's not right. as hard as you think. And uh, you, you need to do it before you're ready. That's one thing that most people don't like to talk about, or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe uh, people have cold feet at the beginning because they, they can't see every, every step of the way and they, they need everything perfect. But as you know, with the market these days, there's no perfect, you got to get in there and, uh, and make stuff happen or else it just doesn't happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You definitely have to create deals. So, so for, for, from, you went from that now, what was the next step for you? So you got the condos, you, did you sell them? Did you, did you refinance them? Like how did you leverage money? Right. Because that's the biggest yeah. option a lot of us. I, run w- I w- So uh, long story short, I was able to refinance and eventually sell those condos and get into St. Catharines. And okay. that was another journey as well, uh, where I bought two places hoping to duplex them. I was able to successfully duplex one. These are two nice places in the North End. Right. Uh, and the other one I wasn't, and I had a lot of trouble on that one. And I, I actually have a lengthy Instagram post on it, all the challenges that I faced, but it started it actually started before even or the, the day one when I closed on the property because it was listed uh, by my broker or by the sorry the selling broker as R two zoned. That right. means that I can put a full basement suite in um, and use all the square footage. And I was and that wasn't true. It was zoned R one. So we find out after the fact. It's not worth pursuing any lawsuit, and I wasn't interested in that, although I wasn't happy. And then we get down to the basement. I'm like, okay, well, I, now I can apply to do a 650 max uh, basement suite. Mm-hmm. And we just struggled with the city. Um, I didn't didn't move forward, and unfortunately, it, w- it was a big obstacle. This property, but I, I held on for a few years. Luckily, you know, with the last year's appreciation. I was able to sell it for five five hundred and ten thousand. I bought it for four hundred and five, um, right. and that eked me a little bit of profit in the end, just because I dealt with several troublesome tenants. It, it was a challenge, but you know, I don't regret every step. It's like now I feel I can handle every, every problem. Uh, all this experience really contributes to your ability to deal with that next problem. But if we're going to do the loop around the golden horseshoe. It was yeah. basically, you know, Niagara Falls, a, a, a couple small houses in Hamilton, but not worth mentioning. 
St. Catharines. And then I finally ended up in, in Peterborough in 2017 to do student rentals. You never know where you're going to end up. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. You, the, you, yeah. you wore multiple hats. And so uh, I, primarily, so it sounds like you're, you're doing single family conversions. Is that correct? Or do you have multi-family properties that you own as well? Yeah, I do own some multifamily now as well. I've got a triplex in Aurelia and I own a, uh, a sixplex in Hamilton with a partner. What we're all, uh, but my main focus in Peterborough is purchasing raised bungalows and converting them to second suites. Now, I didn't start doing that in 2017. I, it was strictly student rentals. So I'll give you the, the strategy and then we'll talk about conversions after. Sure. I'd look at buy a three bedroom, two bathroom place, raised bungalow where, you know, they all have this template where it's about like a 10 by 20 foot basement rec room. Right. So you, right there, you're able to chop up two bedrooms and usually there's a living room right by the kitchen. And that's where the six bedroom goes. So I was able to get six bedrooms in at $500 a, a bed, you know, buying them for 300,000 and um, collecting 3000 in rent. So we're able to hit that 1% rule, which Beautiful. is fantastic. And, and that was my only game plan at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that I could focus on because a couple of reasons, uh, these second suites, I don't think were legally um, permitted at that point. It took a few years. I believe they started in 2019, but even then the market hadn't appreciated to where it is now. So the numbers didn't quite make sense. Like why not keep it as a student rental, right? You're making great revenue. Mm-hmm. Why throw, you know, invest uh, 80, 80 to a hundred thousand dollars if you're going to collect the same revenue. Now rents have been jacked up. Values have been jacked up. So um, it's been a strong opportunity, uh, particularly during COVID, where renting to students is a challenge to right. create that second suite, refinance, and buy the next property. And I really started taking off in terms of accelerating that um, that burst strategy just this last year. Perfect, perfect. And then you buying these student rentals where exactly? Was this, was these uh, in Hamilton or were they in uh, Peterborough? They're all in Peterborough. Yeah. Peterborough. Okay. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, even initially when I was exploring, you know, uh, investment opportunities, the common thing everybody was looking at was student rentals because of crazy cash flow, right? Um, I, especially since we've all been to university, like I was a student myself. So I, I remember how much I had to pay my landlord, right? And then you sit down yeah. and you calculate, like, wow, he's making good money here. She's making great money. Um, and so, it's natural. So if I can tie yeah. that, why I want to get into student rentals, or where at least I, I found comfort in some people were like, why would you do student rentals? Don't right. just party and trash the place, which is just not true. I mean, of course, that that will happen occasionally. But, um, you know, most people have a damage deposit, their parents are co-signing, you're always going to get your rent. Uh, unless, uh, you know, it, it's rare that you don't. But uh if you look at where I started with Niagara Falls and then uh, St. Catharines, I was always uh, dealing with tenant issues. And uh, I know I say that off the foot of dealing with student rentals, but the beauty is you're always going to have turnover and you're always going to be able to charge market rent with student rentals. So I knew that based on uh, you know Fleming College and uh, Trent University's combined student population of 15,000, 16,000 plus, it's never going to be vacant. I'm always going to have consistent... Uh, monthly income. Whereas if if you have to go through a vacancy or or pay off tenants, like you're you're losing, you know, three or four months down the drain. And just forget about your pro formas and cash flow and whatnot. Um, I was more interested in saying, hey, if I buy five or six of these, I'm never having a month where 
like uh, zero out of my six rooms are vacant. I might have a, a couple months in the summer where I'll be four rooms full instead of six. I'm okay. That covers the, the mortgage. I'll be okay. And right. um, so there was honestly that comfort of dealing with uh, multiple tenants as a way of mitigating the risk of um, dealing with a dealing with an eviction, dealing with uh, you know troublesome t- tenants, which which can be the case. Yeah. So so do you typically uh, rent these to a group of students? Do they know each other, or is it more of you know uh, room by room cases? Like how, how do you go about getting the right selection there? At, at first, it, uh, the demand was so high that. Um, we were just putting anyone together and the, you know, people basically were forced to get along and not stir up any trouble. Most of the students, and maybe I've been lucky, they just stick to their own room. They chill. Um, and nowadays with the current COVID environment, people don't want to understandably get into a, a room, like a house of seven people. Right. Um, I recently, I, I bought a, a great property last year, but it's still not full and the cash flow is not there because there's like four students there. No one wants to be the fifth or sixth student in that place. And you, can you imagine how welcoming that, like those four students are going to be to that, that, that fifth or sixth tenant. So I understand the dynamic and, yeah. you know, do that challenge. I'm going straight to the, um, the duplex conversion. I'm not going to waste my time uh, humming and hawing about, waiting for COVID to end or waiting for the right tenant to come along. Um, luckily, there's been some strong appreciation so I can get my money out from um, from duplex conversion. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a very valid point. Yeah. It's two ways to look at it. I've seen some investors kind of tackle that on because they're like, oh, the demand is low. So then I could potentially try to make these properties ready to go. So when COVID ends or you know things start to go to normal, whatever the normal may be, did yeah. they have that market a little bit tapped, right? Uh, versus some people are now kind of moving away from it and looking at other uh, strategies, right? So it sounds like you're kind of looking at, you know what, what's my best return on investment, which sounds like right now it's not on the student market, it's more on the, the duplex conversions. Totally. And I don't plan on losing my focus and I'm, I'm never buying right now. And I'm not, you know, I, I've got no hard set rule where uh, I believe it, it will never work from that on. It'll work for certain investors, but I'm I'm not buying anything that uh, I can't convert to a, a second suite in the basement because yeah. um, the, currently the student rental market is too challenging for it and it's just not worth it. Um, it was a great way of starting out uh, mm-hmm. into into the new market, getting consistent cash flow. Right. Um, but um, if if you know it, a Burr properties, you don't really look back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so tell me why duplex conversions sounds like, like what's, what's the, what's the reason for it attracts you to that uh, specific strategy? Speed. I didn't realize you can get your money out for three or four months after doing a, a, a legal conversion. Um, for some reason I thought, okay, you, you buy a property, you um, add some value and then you have to wait a year or two. Maybe I wasn't talking to the right people. Maybe <laughs> we had seen 5% appreciation instead of 25 this last year. That always helps. Of course, I'm not expecting that uh, this last year to repeat itself or anything like that, but um, it has helped the process. And working with the right mortgage broker as well is very important. So they'll let you know, hey, you know, um, 
what's what are you buying it for what's the after repair value and if you nail those numbers then uh you know you will be able to achieve that full return of capital or close the real value the real equity is the right working with the right team the right property managers the right contractors for sure and that includes your legal team the right mortgage brokers and uh, once you you get a system down you just rinse and repeat it to to quickly answer your question it's really the speed whereas Mm -hmm. i at the beginning of uh, my real estate journey i was just just bought two condos in niagara falls and i sat on them for four years and the truth is I couldn't really do much else, but um, I wish I had known a lot more about raising funds, getting into other markets and whatnot, instead of just dreaming about doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, it's, a, it's a common uh, uh, mistake that a lot of uh, us tend to make, especially when you start off. And it's, and it's just lack of knowledge, unfortunately, right? Like you said, if uh, when you're not in the right set of mind or the right set of a network of folks who are doing these things, it's, it is challenging. You don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? So it's just one of those. Exactly. Things. Yeah. So, so what does that typical deal look like for you and and Peterborough? Like, so walk me through what you look for. Uh, let's talk about a little bit in terms of criteria, right? Sure. So, uh, what ballpark do you typically look for um, in terms of the, uh, the the right buy? Let's put it that way. And then how much renovation costs you, you kind of implement? And what does the RV look like? If you don't mind, you sharing that. Yeah. So no, definitely no problem there. Um, the the bungalows that I'm after right now, if you were to look on the MLS, they're going between five fifty and six hundred thousand. Of course, I would like the ones that are over six, but they're they're too nice, they're too expensive. Um, right. So, in terms of getting deals, right, uh, there's a lot of equity on the buy. Now, I'm looking to buy as close to five or under as possible. I had a couple great deals before. One, you know, a couple in the threes. And and then a few more in the fours that mm-hmm. I'm closing on now, but if I'm to be realistic about what the the landscape is now moving forward, we're looking at late fours, early fives would be a deal, would be right. a deal. And I'm looking to put in uh, about seventy five, eighty thousand dollars on the full renovation for the basement, mm-hmm. and I'm looking for it to be worth six hundred and fifty or plus after. So this isn't a good neighborhood, uh, completely redone legal suite um we're going to generate between 2000 and 2200 upstairs and 16 and 18 downstairs these are peterborough rents by the way i i mean it's insane yeah yeah. wow it's gone up quite a bit in there that region as well yeah and i know look i know it's not a direct comparable but i'm sure you've heard what bungalows are going for in oshawa the second i started hearing about you know oshawa bungalows selling for the, in the sevens and eights, like I'm buying anything I can in the fours, early, early fives. If it's the right property, right. if, if it meets my criteria and, and, and just for your audience, you know, when you're looking at these raised bungalows and you're free interested in converting, make sure they've got high ceilings. If they've got big egress windows, um, and, uh, a second entrance, these are going to be the areas that really save you a lot of money. And it's mm-hmm. a, a, a big bonus if you've got like, uh, 200 amp service, right? These are the things right. that you really want to look out for because when you're buying the place, you're only putting 20% down, right? Those are big costs after in, in terms of your renovation costs. So yeah, a full uh, second suite is usually around, uh, I'd said 70, 80,000. It can be 50 if you uh, if you don't need so many egress windows. If there's already a kitchen there, sometimes there is, and I'm just legalizing the suite, right? 
So right. look for those shortcuts, right? That would be my my advice. When you have these um, opportunities, don't just look at the final price because understand that as long as you get um, the appraisal for that price, you're only putting 20% down. Whereas after you buy it, this is hard money. Mm-hmm. This is hard money to fix everything. So the, the more value you can um, derive on the purchase based on the existing layout, saves you a ton of money after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those are great tips. And then you mentioned ceiling heights. What is the minimum requirement, I guess, in, in Peterborough for it to be legalized? You know, it's 6.5, but um, my contractor says you can get away with a little bit less depending on the layout. Uh, if it's um, one duct that, let's say, runs 6.2, they probably won't buy out an eye. It's not the full uh, you know, square footage of the basement. Right. Uh, depending on the width of it and uh, if it's related to egress. I mean, this is getting very specific, but um, yeah, yeah 6.5 is the legal, li- legal limit. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah. And then in terms of uh, the neighborhoods, right? Uh, I'm not too familiar with Peterborough, right? So what are some good pockets for folks interested in looking into uh, Peterborough? What are some good areas to kind of look into and what are the areas to stay away from because every neighborhood has i'm going to make it very easy for your audience and uh i really tell this to everyone else that there's no secrets and i'm not trying to keep anyone out of the neighborhoods i'm after it's every (laughs) if it's everything outside of downtown it's fine um Mm -hmm. downtown is a rougher tenant profile uh you'll notice properties are a little cheaper there because it's just um uh it's a challenging rental market let's call it that um in all honesty, the north end is beautiful. The uh, west end is beautiful, close to Fleming College. The south end is just as nice as the north and the west. And uh, there's not too much in the east end, but it, it's also a great part of town as well. Stay out of downtown. What does that look like in terms of uh, your, the deals you mentioned? So are you buying a majority of deals on MLS or is it, are you finding off-market leads? How are you getting these deals? Now I do both. I actually work with multiple realtors. Uh, I know people might have different opinions on that, but the truth is I've developed a reputation as a buy, uh, as being a serious buyer. I'm approaching 10 houses in Peterborough. And right. I explained, look, if you show me a deal and the numbers make sense, I'll put the offer in with you. And the ones who show me deals get rewarded. And uh, that's the way I work. I do have a couple that I work closely with compared to others. But um, I do believe that the, the real value in working with me is that I'll, I'll close. I'm, I'm not a tire kicker anymore. If the numbers right. make sense, um, what actually makes it easy for me, and this might sound somewhat irresponsible, is you can't, you can't inspect. You can't have conditions anymore. So, of course, I'm going to ensure that my risk is mitigated by getting at the right price. And I'm going to try to get someone in there to make sure the foundation and the roof and the plumbing is not terrible. But right. If I have 80% of my criteria met, I'm buying the house. That was just realtors. I have done yellow letters. I, I need to start doing more of that again. I hit the pause button because someone in my, I've got a, a WhatsApp Peterborough group. If any of your interest, uh, if any of your listeners are interested in joining, be happy to add them where we talk about the best property managers, contractors, vendors wow. to work to work with. Yeah, we're about 60 people. So it's, it's fun. Awesome. It's just like, as an outside in investor looking in, I'm like, I want to know what everyone's doing, um, or at least have the best access to the right uh, contacts. Yeah, and how successful has it been? Like you're you sourcing out uh, off market. Yeah, well, I got 
one really strong deal uh, last year where I bought a strong property for 350,000 and um, just appraised a couple of weeks ago for 665. Wow. So, I mean, it was a, a process, a long negotiation process, but not in the way that uh, you might think. I started this the negotiation in January of 2020. So we're going back a ways, right? When I'm mm-hmm. saying the ARV is this, I mean, anyone could have bought something in, um, in, in 2020 and it, it looks fantastic now. But the truth is when I bought it at 350 or when I negotiated that price, it might have been worth four. And the market's done what it what it's done since then. It right, just, right. you know, it, it's uh, it's fun when you can pull out a hundred percent of your money and and then some in order to attack the next project. Oh, absolutely! That's the that's yeah. the perfect bird plus a little extra cash. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And look, um, I don't expect that to happen every time. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm okay leaving money into the property. It's still a good investment and it shouldn't, uh, I, I've heard a lot of experienced investors say that you should be fine leaving it in, don't expect the full burr. And, and they're right, because if you're trying to get that bull, full burr, you might wait six months and in a year and mm-hmm. you're delaying the process of purchasing, which is, uh, it's counterproductive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Um, you have to be comfortable with leaving some sort of money and everybody has a different criteria, right? And again, depends on the market. So what does that look like for you? What, how, how comfortable are you leaving uh, some money if there's like a limit that you work with? What, what, what is that? Yeah, I heard 10%, so I'm okay with that. So let's say, um, uh, I th- believe it was referred to 10% of the final value of the property. So let's say if it appraises it at 650, then I'm okay leaving $65,000 into the deal. And why not? You know, you right. I, I put in 150 or plus to make it happen. Uh, right. I'm, I've got cash flow. I was able to refinance and uh, call it a loan, right? You're you're essentially loaning the property money. It's paying you back. I got back, let's say, 70 percent of what I put into it. Right. And that 70 percent uh, combined with other funds can can get me my next burr, right? So it's Absolutely. really a game of acceleration. How did you find? your contractors and everything in Peterborough, right? Because you kind of jumped up different markets. What's been your success in finding? Because that's the hardest thing to find. Yeah. Is finding good, you know, t- uh, team members, like contractors specifically. So it's all based on referrals from investors that I trust. That's mm-hmm. the number one way to go in my mind. Um, you might get lucky, but it really started worth working with a, a knowledgeable real estate broker that invests in real estate themselves. Right. That's number one. Um, guys, don't don't work with your best friend. Don't work with your your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, it's an abundance mindset. Tell me about how you are able to fund these deals, right? So first of all, what does your portfolio look like currently right now, Jared? And what is your yeah. end goal? Like, what do you want to uh, approach to or get to? Because it sounds like you're accelerating pretty quickly right now, right? Do you have a power team and you're, you're like you said, you're trying to do at least one of these conversions per quarter, sounds like. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, accurate in terms of Peterborough. I'm also investing with some partners in Hamilton on the multi-unit end. So those two are enough to, to keep me busy after hours. Um, I want 100 units by the age 45. I'm tr- turning um, 41 in a month or so. So um, I just want to go at a steady pace. I enjoy what I do, uh, but I also want the time and the balance in my life to... Um, 
you know, spend time with friends and family, um, exercise. The, the goal would be to continue doing what I'm doing in Peterborough on the single family end, uh, working with partners there and uh, money partners there, people, you know, who uh, aren't interested in spending uh, time on real estate, but want to have their money invested in real estate. And I right. do the same thing in, in Hamilton, Ontario on the multi-unit end. Yeah. And how are you raising these funds, by the way? So how are you uh, leveraging, I guess, your relationship or, or getting people to come in and be the money partners in this spec? Are you using uh, private lending or is it people are going on like 50-50 as more of a GV partnership? How are you structuring them? Uh, I do 50-50 joint, joint ventures. And mm -hmm. uh, in terms of sourcing the capital, you know, a uh, few friends, a uh, few people in the network, um, I basically just created certain relationships that uh, are open, trustworthy, and if the right deal comes along and, and the timing is right, then uh, we, we talk about taking the first step, getting that first property. And um, so far, I've got, uh, in terms of, let's say, Peterborough and, and another market, I'm actually in Windsor as well. But I got four joint venture partners personally on the one on a one on one basis. I don't believe now I need to chase a, a million different partners because uh, I'm busy enough with what I'm doing. For sure. Yeah. Tough to manage, uh, you know, 10 people versus four, right? <laughs> Definitely. Oh. And, and, and so do you, are you investing full-time or, or do you have a, a full-time position uh, job as well? I've got a full-time sales job. So I'm with a building um, a company called Building Stack. It's a property software company for uh, basically anyone with, 10 units or more, we can do less, but it really starts becoming effective for um, investors that have 10, 20 units and up. Our software basically allows users to advertise uh, through an automated process and, and, and basically produce multiple ads based on one unit's criteria or one unit's information that, that's stored on the site. It's 100% uh, web-based in the cloud. So what it is, it's it's time management, right? Where at the beginning, you might not mind your uh, a tenant calling you. What happens when you have got 50 tenants and you're managing your own properties? The software basically helps you keep organized and an arm's length distance uh, in terms of communication um, among among your team and and tenants, right? It's it's a it's for investors that are interested in scaling and building their their portfolio to a, a higher level. Yeah, no, definitely. That sounds awesome. Uh, definitely something that uh, audiences check out, especially the ones that are looking to grow significantly. So uh, I'll definitely check it out myself too. <laughs> that would be a great handy tool because you're right. As you're progressing, uh, things get a little bit more busy as, as uh, on a daily day basis and especially when it comes to tenant management and self-management. So that brings me to my other point. Since you mentioned you have investment properties pretty much uh, all across Ontario, sounds like. Uh, are, are they are they self-managed or you have property managers taking care of that for you? So I've got property managers in all of them. And I use Building Stack to, to go in and check up on the rent rolls, any tenant issues. And uh, yeah, I, I was a big believer in outsourcing property management from the beginning. Wow. That's, that, that's no, it's, all, it's all getting outsourced. I, I pay general contractors to, to do all my renovations. I pay property managers to manage my properties. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I, I, you know, especially with people starting out, it, it is challenging because when you first start off, you want to penny pinch every single dollar, right? Because you think, oh, you know what? Why should I outsource this? Why should I outsource that? But then it gets to a point where you realize, you know what? You 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 got into this for a reason, yeah. right? You and 
like you said, uh, you, yes, you can give a target, you got to hit and uh, you got to get X amount of doors, but then also you got to focus on the time that you're living right now, right? Right now is also important. So um, I love yeah. that you have figured out a, a source or tools or, or different uh, streams of uh, managing and outsourcing. And yeah, ideally what we people would want to do is just collect paychecks and go live their dream life somewhere <laughs> else, right? <laughs> For sure. Going back to that uh, beginner's mindset of I'll do this, I do that. That's okay if uh, when you're starting out to learn the process and right, to right. understand what hours can be allocated to what type of job. Longer term, your best use of time is finding deals and finding partners and, and to scale your real estate business. All right, perfect, Jared. And then in terms of, uh, you know, you did talk a little, briefly a little bit about some of the failures that you had here. I, I wanted to just highlight maybe a project that you did, maybe digging a little bit to the numbers. If you have a project in mind, we can go over. Uh, so yeah, so I can give you the numbers on that one that I recently refinanced in um, in Peterborough, if, you, if that works for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so the purchase price was three fifty. Mm -hmm. I closed on that in um, it was October of last year. So what would that be? That's already nine months ago, right? And uh, just refinanced it for six sixty five after putting in eighty thousand dollars of uh, of money for the second suite and coat of paint upstairs, pretty much. So uh, yeah, so can you let's just start off with I guess with the what, what was the purchase price for that property? Three hundred and fifty thousand. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, and uh, in terms of the down payment, you put twenty. And uh, what was the um, renovations? How much were you? Eighty thousand total. I might be off a hair by a couple thousand, but it was about eighty thousand. Okay, perfect. So uh, yeah, with the closing costs, everything. Uh, you put you invested looks like around one hundred fifty five thousand roughly. That's right. Perfect. And then, what is the uh, rents look like for that property? So I'm getting twenty one hundred upstairs, mm -hmm. and because it's brand new downstairs, two bedroom, we're looking at uh, eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred, and and yeah. uh, these are plus utilities. Uh, no, so I'll, I'll do all inclusive. Okay. I would I would and run all the utilities at about five hundred a month, so that would combine heat, hydro, and water. Okay, so about five hundred between the, the two units per month, there'd be about five hundred. It's not going much much higher than that. It's it it's fairly rough, but fairly accurate, right? It's not three hundred. It's not seven hundred. Right. Okay, perfect. And then, do you calculate vacancy? What are we talking about? The vacancy? Yeah, go five percent is fine. Okay, we'll go with five. What's what's the property tax on this? Thirty-five hundred, about thirty-five hundred. So still a bit under, you know, the one percent of the purchase, right around the one percent of the purchase price. Yeah, property taxes aren't bad at thirty-five hundred. Right. Yeah. And insurance in Peterborough, what? How much you pay yearly for it? Uh, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred a year. Wow. Yeah. That's, insurance is pretty low there. Afterwards. Uh, and then uh, maintenance. Where we? What are we talking about? How much percentage you usually uh, put in for your I, property? I, I put five percent. The the basin's not going to need anything. Um, but I do like to, to keep the numbers conservative. So go 5% there. Okay. And then property management. I do a full 10% because, you know, I'm going to include, well, let's say they are charging 8%. I'm going to include the snow removal, the um, lawn cutting. Right. So just go a flat 10% there. Okay, perfect. All right. Yeah. And then we'll just put it. It bothers me when investors say, well, why are you paying 10%? I pay 7%. They're just not, 
they're not comparing apples to apples. I find they're just wasting time. Right. Okay. So, so the rents, as you mentioned, upstairs were 2100 downstairs 1800 all inclusive vacancy was about five percent so roughly about uh 2340 for the year yeah your taxes were about 3500 annually Correct. and you said um your uh, utilities are about they're about six thousand a year i believe yeah so you Perfect. did 500 500 a month yeah okay yeah five hundred dollars six thousand a year uh insurance was about 1200 yeah. Maintenance, you said at five, so 2,340. Property management at 10% is 4,680. So looking at the numbers here, uh, so you, as we said, you you bought it for 350, you invested 155,425 roughly, and it appraised for about 665. So 665 with an 80% loan to value, you, you were able to pull out about $252,000. So $250,000 subtracted by the amount you invested, one fifty-five, dollars you pulled out another $91,000 from this deal. Yeah. Wow. And it currently still cash flows based on these numbers at 2% around, looks about $230 per month currently. Yeah. And 2% is that magic number where half the mortgage payment goes towards interest and half towards equity. So 1000 bucks in my pocket every month. Yeah, it's always nice. I guess you do better if you get under two, but I, I, I can't get much under two and I'm personally qualifying now. Not, <laughs> not complain. Look, not complaining. And most deals are uh, are not this juicy. Yeah, uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, you should slow the pace or look look for something. I, I'm never looking for only the grand slams. I, you know, this is this is a special one. Um, right. Uh, Hopefully we'll we'll do this again in a year, and I'll tell you about some other ones that uh, that were close to this but didn't quite get there. Wow, yeah, that's phenomenal. And and usually, like you, I believe you mentioned this earlier, but you also make sure that these are all they have the right zoning for it, right? Because you don't want to go through the zoning. Or do you have you had projects where you went and asked for minor variances or rezoning? There's no changing in the zoning. The city of Peterborough permits the the, le- the legal use of a second suite in R1 zoning. That, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like the, you, you have a very investor-friendly uh, city there. They're, they're fairly good with uh, providing permits. How, how uh, lenient are they also in creating a second, uh, I guess, uh, door or something that leads into the basement? Does it have to be pre-existing or are they, are they no. pretty harsh with that? No, I just believe you need the right clearance and the right width. So if you're creating a whole side entrance, that's something else. What I'm looking at in a in an upcoming project is basically uh, you walk in through the front door and you've got the steps go, you know, four steps going up and like right. six steps going down. So creating sort of an, an alcove where you have two separate doors once you gain entry, because it's a lot cheaper to do it that way than to bust down the brick on the exterior. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's exactly. Instead of looking for another property, going through the whole source and thing, just use your backyard and <laughs> implement another why not? We need dwelling. we need to use the I am a big believer in that we need to use the existing space that we have, right? Yeah. Like just from a logical standpoint, um, so yeah. many communities have these large lots of land that, I mean, uh, we, they're they're not being utilized, so might as well build homes on them. You don't have to sever the lot. You don't have to um, buy another lot of land. Use use what you have. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has been, this has been very informative, uh, Jared. I'm just going to 
lead us to, to the end of the segment where I, I ask questions to learn to uh, for the audience to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, sure. So I know we can't really travel right now, but I mean, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Oh, I want to go to Greece very badly right now. I, I was, uh, I had my heart set on it last year. Do you read a lot of books? If so, what are some of the recommendations you can make, whether it's mindset, whether it's business, whatever yeah, you I just prefer. read a good one from Annie Duke. I'm just trying to remember. Um, it's her second book. Very strong uh, content on decision-making and decision-making processes. So it goes into all the ins and outs of your psychology, all your biases, um, how you should be framing your um, decision-making processes. It, it, and it should be a process, especially when you're talking about big decisions. So it, it's very interesting. And then if there's one piece of advice that you can give somebody or it's something you wish you knew when you first started off, what would it be and why? I wish I knew that those that are experiencing success in the field that I'm looking at right in front of me in real estate, it's not because they're the smartest people, but because they're taking action and they're not afraid. This all comes down to the same thing. You got to take action. You got you to educate yourself, but most importantly, take the action. Thank you so much, Jared. And for folks that want to connect with you, where, where, can, where can they find hey, you? Thanks for having me. So on Instagram, you can reach out uh, JaredH55. And like I said, I'm at BuildingStack. So Jared at BuildingStack.com. If any of your listeners are interested in understanding the software a bit better, please reach out. Happy to, to show a demo and see how it could uh, add value to their portfolio. Awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you were able to get some great golden nuggets out of it. The kindest thing that you can do is share this podcast across all social media to help as many people as possible. If you like this podcast or have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or YouTube. I love bouncing ideas, people, and I love talking real estate. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Remember, financial freedom is just a few properties away.